gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to Download Podcast, uh, the podcast brought to you by The Wheel, except I don't know if we'll get to The Wheel today. I am your host, Adam, and with me, as always, uh, and just like the front bottoms, live in Chicago, Mike Regan. Mike, how you doing? Doing great. You have like a real NPR vibe going right now. I'm trying not to talk loudly enough to get into your microphone. Oh, okay. So going NPR on this bit. Stop looking at the recording. Okay. Behind I am. Like, I'm looking at my bar. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like yours goes higher than mine. That's because like, I turned your voice way down. Like you're trying to dominate me in yeah. some way. <laughs> I'm the loudest person. I'm the host. Look how big my bar is compared. Yeah, I'm live in Chicago. I'm in Chi-Town, the Windy City. Yeah, you, the FBI, uh, no longer the defensive coordinator for the Bears. He's not live in Chicago anymore. Uh, <laughs> we got quite the show for you today. Really big show. Really big show. <laughs> you know, I got, can I get the Pat McAfee going on? No. I'm wearing a tank top. Oh, you got the McAfee look. You got the McAfee look. Not the McAfee energy. Not the McAfee energy. McAfee energy is like someone who just did smelling salts after falling on their head. You ever watch his show? Like when he's in his studio? Never. Only when clips pop up of Aaron Rodgers saying something insane. Oh, he's like up and down, in and out of his chair, like all over the place. He has a standing desk. He does. See? And you said you hate standing desks. And they say punters are lazy. <laughs> you ever seen the photos? I, I don't know why we're getting in on pat mcafee so much but you ever see the photos of him like punting when they like pause it at like the height of his punt and his like a knee is touching his chin no but that's extreme flexibility yeah pliability i guess like miro's wife <laughs> hot and flexible wrong podcast but <laughs> <laughs> all right Mike, keep it on uh, track you got some stuff going on today you know mm-hmm. football it's friday december 19th 2021 it's 22nd of september Anyways, uh, you had a cold open thing you want to do here? You got some, some talk yeah. points? I'm back at it with Stephen A. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> all right. He's just, he, keeps, he keeps hitting on pushing my buttons. All right. So, first of all, he was on the Joe Budden podcast. Are you familiar with this podcast? I am. Okay. I wasn't. I thought you'd say no. No, I'm familiar with that. Who is, who's Joe Budden? He's like, you know, a provocateur. He, like, talks shit about rappers a lot. Okay. Well, he got asked about the Max Kellerman thing on that podcast. And uh, this was his, his response. I had mad respect for him from the standpoint of white dude, highly intelligent, Ivy League, Ivy League educated from Columbia. Quick pause there. Anytime someone is talking about someone and points out that they're highly intelligent, it is because insults have either already been said or are about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, is he really from, did he really go to Columbia? So says uh, Stephen A. I'm looking it up. You can keep talking. And then he goes on to say, smart as a whip, can talk his ass off, can talk about anything. I get all that. But you weren't an athlete, and you weren't a journalist. In the absence of the two components, left people wondering why should we listen to you? Um, Stephen A. is on. This is even the part that really pissed me off. But that quote on such a high horse. Also, is Stephen A. a journalist? Yeah, because he got started before podcasting, and everything else took over. Yeah, but when's the last time he's done anything journalistic? Right. Yeah, he's I think I've, I've more recently been a journalist than Stephen A. Smith. Right. So I was like, all right, whatever. But. What happened was, because he responded to someone on Twitter about it, he was like, same question, same answer for damn near two years now. Max and I weren't working in the end. I wanted to win. So I guess they were losing in the ratings to something. So I didn't want that duo. Does, I'm pretty sure he meant doesn't mean he isn't smart, talented, and that he's not a good guy. I have nothing against him. I wish him well. Just needed to change. That's all. So this is where we get into my real beef. Is someone post tweeted and said, this is why he doesn't fuck with Max Kellerman. And it was from when, I don't even remember this, when T.O. was on first take. Not off the top of my head. And they were talking about 
the Colin Kaepernick situation, him trying to get back in the NFL. And T.O. at one point goes, was kind of taking Stephen A. to task with his take on it and said, I mean, listening to you guys like lately, Stephen A., Max Kellerman sounds more black than you do. <laughs> Which, from my understanding, that's like a very serious shot fired. <laughs> and Stephen A. did not take kindly of that. And T.O. saw it and he just like retweeted it and said facts. Now Stephen A.'s coming after my guy. He's coming after the greatest wide receiver ever to play the game, not named Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. All right. And he says, now, as far as for this dude, that's an entirely different story. You know how I feel about your sorry ass at Terrell Owens. And I don't know why I had to do the at there. And you know why. You should thank your heavenly father. I haven't zeroed in on you with the trifling shit you tried to pull. Tell folks to ask ESPN what your. It was a long tweet. <laughs> what your Fuck desperate troll. ass tried to pull. Keep on talking. Eventually, you'll be ex- you'll expose yourself. Hashtag real facts. Second tweet, or maybe I'll just dedicate the entire Stephen A. Smith show slash podcast on YouTube this Monday, nice plug, to all the things you tried <laughs> to do behind the scenes to brothers over the years while claiming someone is more of a brother. Some real, uh, over the brother than, more of a brother than others. Let me, another typo, let me think about that over the next 24 hours. Hashtag sick of this, hashtag enough. T.O. ain't scared of shit, all right? You ain't gonna come out, my boy. T.O. says, now Stephen A., ask me if I'm scared. I, th- I thank God every day, or at least I try too but do you but do what you do best i'm not worried you don't have to make me make some bold attempt to expose me because i have nothing to hide you're mad because of the advice of my attorney after we filed god damn these tweets are long. i have to keep clicking the link uh after you filed because of oh against espn because on air without my consent you shared our text conversation i remember that happening and i'm not sure that constitutes as desperate but enlighten us all so Basically said, like, calls Stephen A. out on his shit and says, go ahead, I'm not scared. Like, what what can you say? The funny part that also happens is then Kyrie Irving gets involved. What the fuck, man? And says, um, get what you need off your chest and move on. And then puts in the longest hashtag ever. Hashtag there are more important things to do. <laughs> Very long, but no spaces. So hashtag there are more important things to do. <laughs> um, Stephen A. says, like, respectfully, bro, you don't know the whole story. I have nothing to say to this sorry, pathetic ass, but that doesn't mean you're wrong. You're all right, bro. I'm man enough to admit it. I will stand down respect. And T.O. is like, nah, don't stand down now. I'll be sorry and pathetic. Be sure to keep that same energy when you see me next time. Blah, blah, blah. He's going after T.O. now. He's crossed a big-ass line with me, Adam. I'm not happy about it. I, uh, during this, I wanted to see how old Stephen A. is. So I 55. Yeah, nailed it. No. Um, so I Googled it. And the first story is that Stephen A. also apparently bounced the Yankees' first pitch yesterday. <laughs> oh, I did see that. Yeah. That did bring a smile to my face. Got Try- mocked, mocked by Jay-Z and Derek Jeter. Trying to that day to be Stephen A. Smith talking to other black people. It's really going downhill for him. <laughs> yeah. T.O. buries him. Jay-Z buries him. For what real. Ethnicity, what, what ethnicity is Derek Jeter? I think he's a, he's a mix of something. Okay. Well, oh. something, something. I'm, not, I'm not totally positive. But... It's one thing to start spreading rumors about my boy Diggs. Now you're going to come after my favorite football player of all time, Trell Owens. I'm not having it anymore. Yeah. I'm putting Stephen A. on notice. I'll expose him. <laughs> Even though he exposes himself pretty much every day when he opens his mouth. Yeah, but. he's basically a walking flasher. Yeah. Um, I did just want to point out that I thought you were going to challenge him to a match. A match? Yeah. Of what kind? Uh, wrestling. It, for, a while, for a while there, Try I think match. he was like posting like videos of him like boxing and like training like that for a while. Yeah, I remember that. I I I have never bought like a Jake or Logan Paul fight, but if they get Stephen A in the ring with one of them. I'd probably watch that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just have to. The, the problem there is that it, you would get another like Mayweather thing. Like they would just kind of dance around. You really got to get him in there with someone mean. Put him in there with Tyson. Oh, that'd Tyson be good. doesn't give a fuck who you are, man. 
Or Tyson Holt. just likes to hurt people. What about Holyfield? Is he still alive? Yeah, I think so. Okay. George answer. Foreman. Just gonna grill a, his ass. <laughs> a grill on a pole match. All right, we've already. This is just. Uh, I just wanted to vent. I didn't mean to take so much time. All right. Well, that's uh, you know, Stephen A. You're welcome on the podcast anytime. Uh, you can you can come talk to us, and we'll uh, we'll be a kinder audience to you than Torello. And yeah, I'd love to have a real journalist like him join our <laughs> podcast. I'm uh, I'm gonna be on t- Team Stephen A. Here. Just to try to get him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen A., love your work, you know. I've never watched any of it because I have better things to do at 2 o'clock on a Wednesday. But uh, love your work. I just always get a kick out of people, older people, who do some kind of journalism. And they always are really, like, quick to point out, like, I'm a real journalist. You got a communications degree or some shit? Or, like, a broadcasting degree or, like, a news degree? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why you consider yourself a real journalist. Yeah, I looked up uh, Kellerman. He did go to Columbia, but he just has a Bachelor's of Arts from columbia yeah well you know what like most like journalist related degrees fall under school they're they're bachelors of the arts yeah so like just saying like times have changed people can i'm not gonna go on a rant about that <laughs> uh anyway moving on football 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 well, that's kind of football think about it think about it kind of football it's Trell owens it's a football player all right mike uh oh, that's not the rundown oh no i got a left-handed click all right, Mike. Been a weird week for the Bears, hey? Hey. A little bit. Hey. A little bit. So, uh, <laughs> defensive coordinator Alan Williams resigns, uh, citing health and family. Don't really know what's going on there. For some reason, Eberflus was kind of dancing around it because no one had seen uh, uh, Williams at practice. So, Eberflus was dancing around it, wouldn't answer any questions directly at a press conference, and then Williams comes out and resigns. Don't really know what's going on, so I don't want to comment too much on that. Uh, Justin Fields has a press conference where – it initially comes off like he's saying that the coach is do- making him do too much and then kind of walks it back. I mean, like, if you listen to the press conference, it wasn't that bad, but just bad timing that, you know, there's a lot going on at once. And, uh, but it seems like Justin Fields isn't super happy with the play calling. Um, he has trouble processing all the things that are asked of him at the same time, which watching Bears games does kind of seem to be happening. So that makes sense. Uh, the FBI or the Chicago police or someone raided Soldier Field or didn't. We don't really know. That one's real tight-lipped for some reason. Don't know if you have any more notes on that. Just don't know what's going on there. Um, my only note is when I, I saw the headlines about the Bears defensive coordinator and it potentially being related to the raid of uh, Hallis Hall. Is the name correct? Yeah. And I did not know what Hallis Hall was. So I was like, oh, shit, this dude is, like, in bed with some drug dealer named Hallis Hall. Swear to God, this was my first thought. <laughs> and then I realized, like, no, that's not, that is a place. Yeah, I've been there before. Oh, really? The practice facility, yeah. Oh, very cool. And then, yeah, like you said, like, Fields' thing was just, like, you know, they're throwing a lot at me, so I overthink things and get robotic on the field. I need to, like – like, the coach even talked about how, like, we want him to play, like, loose and yeah. more, like, free out there. Yeah. And someone turned it into Fields is blaming the coaches for his problems. Yeah, so just, day, like, you know, bad Twitter game from the Bears this week. I will also point out my favorite quote of the week so far is Ryan Poles, unprompted, telling people that no one's panicking. <laughs> it's real, real, like, they're definitely panicking. <laughs> definitely. No one says they're not panicking unless it's, they're panicking. It's like when you're in an elevator and the first person asks who farted and then everyone starts to smell that someone farted. It's the person who farted. It's the first person who farted who asked it, trying <laughs> to push the blame onto someone else. He who smelt it did indeed dealt it. <laughs> yeah, so Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles smelt in and dealt in it over there. Just at a press conference being like, yeah, we're not panicking yet. Mm, mm, you sure about that? You sure about that? That's why. Might be time to panic. Might be time to panic. Might be time to panic. 
Oh, two going to Kansas City. You got any other uh, any Bears notes there, brother? I mean, Kansas City is zero and one against the NFC North, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could be in trouble. Justin Fields comes to town. That is that is what they they tend to say is that if you lose to one team in a division, you're going to lose to the three others. You're just fucked. Yeah, <laughs> don't even show up. It's uh, bad news for you. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Thursday night football happened last night, as it typically does on Thursdays. Uh, San Francisco wins. 30 to 12 covers the 10 and a half point spread. Mike, I still don't trust Brock Purdy. Really? Yeah. I think he sucks. Is that weird? Is that too strong to say? Yeah. I think he sucks. He was Mr. Irrelevant for a reason, right? Yeah. He's, and now he's Mr. Very Relevant. But he had this one pass in like the second quarter where he throws it over the middle, just like straight up to Giants defensive back. Uh, I would say Eli Apple because I assume every defensive back on the Giants is Eli Apple, but I believe that he actually plays for the Dolphins now. Um, but he throws it, like, straight up over the middle, and George Kittle just gets up and spikes it out of the hands of the defensive back. Like, it was bad. Yeah. Your Eli Apple point just made me laugh, because for the longest time, whenever I'd watch a Cowboys game, I'd be like, oh, Brandon Flowers got beat again. <laughs> <laughs> Years after he was gone. And then uh, he also had, like, an interception in, like, the third or the fourth that would just, like, the defensive back just bobbled and dropped, which I feel like, with absolutely no evidence... We might be at an all-time high for defensive backs dropping interceptions this season. I feel like I see like two or three times a game right now where defensive backs have a pass, hit them in the hands, and they drop it. Yeah, I do not have enough evidence to combat combat that. Okay, so that means it's true. Off the top of my head, yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, so it must be true then. Oh, except for not defensive backs, but... I forgot to mention last week when Matt Milano mossed a freaking dude. I don't know if you saw his interception. Yeah, I did. (laughs) I was watching that game. Well, I watched some of that game before it got out of hand. You always want a, a, a linebacker who can really just pick the fucking ball off. Oh, yeah. I uh, I think I made like a under my breath comment at the end of our last podcast when we pointed out what the Thursday night game was. And I was like, that's going to be a fucking bloodbath. And it was a fucking bloodbath. Yeah. It, in the first uh, half, like going into halftime, I even made note of the fact that the Giants were covering the spread. And I, I texted someone and I was like, glad I didn't take San Francisco minus 10 and a half. And then they covered it easily. Yeah. They would have covered a 17-and-a-half-point spread. Yeah, I did a uh, a Giants favorable same-game parlay. Which that seems in- like a mistake. Which included them covering 10-and-a-half. No likes it. Not a single one. I always I do this dumb thing whenever I go watch a game at a bar where I make a bet that's just enough of a long shot to where if it hits, it covers my bar tab. But inevitably what happens is I miss it every time and just basically double down on my loss because I have to pay my bar tab and also don't make the money back I bet on it. Yeah, and then you're depressed because your bet missed, so you're just increasing the bar tab. Yeah, yeah. I'm just hammering that bottom shelf gin. Not not a good uh, combination. You know what the biggest thing from that game that pissed me off? What? Jalen Hyatt didn't see the field. He didn't have a snap? No. What the fuck, man? I just pulled up the, the PFF grades are out, and so I pulled it up. And he oh, had... PFF grades are out? Yeah. It's Paul's podcast, hey? Paul's podcast, hey? <laughs> that was a joke, Mike. Oh, we really paused the podcast. Um, well, I mean, he had no targets, put it that way. Uh, I'm pulling up a snap count. Yeah, he was on the field for 16 snaps, which is only 32%. He nearly got out-snapped by Wondell Robinson. Got out-snapped by Paris Campbell, Isaiah Hodgins, and Darius Slayton. Like, if you just think of a guy, if you want to try to, like... Hold on. I'm thinking. Okay. Now, here's a guy. <laughs> um, now, I'm just thinking of Chris Collinsworth. Like, just throw a play out there where you just, like, let the defenders come and, you know... Hopefully, Daniel Jones can hang on long enough then just huck it deep to, like, Jalen Wyatt. I haven't looked this up. What's 
What's his grade against pressure? Because it seems like he's bad against pressure, right? It has to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. you looked that up. Um, I did want to rattle off to you uh, Brock Purdy's stat line here. Uh, oh, while you have PFF up, also do me a favor and look up his grade from last night. Because uh, if they have the turnover-worthy plays, I swear to God, he had like three turnover-worthy plays. But Purdy was 25 for 37, 310 yards and two touchdowns. It, like it, Brock Purdy is like an enigma of box score versus production. You watch the guy and you're like, this guy's not an NFL quarterback. And you look at the box score and it's like, this guy might be a top 10 NFL quarterback. Maybe I'm just dumb. Is that the solution here? No, because I've, I've been on your side that I keep waiting for like the regression to hit. But I think he just has such a good team around him that he has, has a shield protecting him from the regressive forces. Even without Ayuk back there last night, they still were just fucking ridiculous, man. Yeah. I mean, Debo was awesome. McCaffrey was awesome. Kittle was great at blocking interceptions. Just great night. Great night. Uh, Daniel Jones had a passer rating of 52.1 in that game. Uh, against pressure, not great. Uh, he had a 41 grade offensively uh, when blitzed and a 55.9 grade under pressure. He actually had no, according to PFF, they gave him no turnover-worthy plays. Um, yeah, and I, I have them both marked down here, but uh, Purdy had two turnover-worthy plays, so I was correct. I'm going to guess that that was the Kittle spike and then the dropped pick. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was kind of looking into this. I felt like the Giants' season over/under was a little high. I think it was like eight and a half, nine and a half, something like that. Yeah, what dumbass would actually support taking that? Did you was that? Did you say that on our podcast? That was one of my futures. Yeah. What was the? Do you remember what the over/under was off the top of your head? Uh, I think it, it, it was eight and a half. I'm looking it up. Um, but I was looking into it. They won nine one-score games last season, which are notoriously very luck-based. Once you get down to one score, very Vikings-esque. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those two teams have so much in common. I mean, you even look at their past last year where the Giants eliminated the Vikings from the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It really feels like they're kind of the same team, except, like, the strengths are just a little different. Yeah. It's, you know, who's the best player on the Vikings? It's Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Who's the best player on the Giants? Probably someone on their defense, right? Maybe Brian Dable's even, like, the Justin Jefferson of that team. But <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. Saquon, maybe? Which is also – well, Saquon's hurt. Um, Offensively, at least. Yeah, yeah, which is also kind of funny to imagine because I can't think of two humans that look more different than Justin Jefferson and Brian Dable. Yeah. I mean, the Giants are just very easy right now to nice. – if you, if you can jump out to, like, a two-score lead mm-hmm. and force them to abandon running the ball, then you fucking got them. Looks like it was seven and a half according to this. Okay. Oh, you're right. It was seven and a half. Yeah. Now you say that. Um because like they they only had, the Giants only had ten total carries last night. Yeah, was it all Brita? They have Most anyone else? It was Brita. Yeah. Did, who, did they have anyone else carry the ball? Like they must have run an in round at some point, something like that. They I fucking think, love doing that, man. I, I think Gary Brightwell may have seen like a carry, if I remember correctly. Uh, while you're looking at that, I oh I, I do want to point out that um, Brightwell had four carries. I uh, the only two players that had explosive plays, which are plays that go over fifteen yards were Darius Slayton on one play and Brightwell on another play. Having only two explosive plays in a game is really stagnant for an offense. Like, I just don't know what this squad's going to do without Saquon. Yeah, it's not looking good. Like, Jones had, like, an A dot of six. Jesus Christ, man. Not good. And you know what? Uh, You ever ever just get, like, way too in the weeds on on stats? You ever look at Jalen Waddell's A dot? No. Like, his A dot adjusted for attempt or for targets, not for completions, is still, like, 12.1 yards. Yeah. Like he, if if Jalen Waddle is getting the ball tossed his way, it's a first down. He that guy's never seen a five yard in in his life. And I bet you he probably also has a very high yard after catch average. 
Yeah, I was looking into that too for Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon Ross St. Brown, not a lot of yards after catch. Hmm. Not that super relevant. We're just getting getting down the sometimes on Tuesday, you're just looking at stats and yeah. to compile for other stuff and suddenly you have you've memorized that uh, like fifty six percent of Amon Ross St. Brown's targets have come in the center middle of the field from short yardage. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could have learned physics. I could have learned math. Yeah. What did I do instead? Looked at breakdowns of passing charts. Those other things are a waste of time. Um, so just m- my last couple of notes on Thursday Night Football, and then if you have anything else, we can burn through that. But uh, I don't know. I know you were on a train for the last 24 hours. Um, did you see the Hufanga pick? The what? Hufanga. Hufanga? Yeah, he's a safety for the uh, 49ers. I'd miss the Hufanga pick. Yeah, It so it's a pass over the middle that – gets tipped i think it might have been to darren waller it gets tipped by waller it gets tipped by a san francisco linebacker it goes way the fuck up in the air and hufanga picks it off kind of made me curious what is the turnover you've seen where the most people have touched a ball or even completion because then like you think of like the uh the hail nearly from denver washington last week it's like four or five people touched that ball before brandon johnson caught it yeah, nothing specific comes to mind, but I usually would think of like a hail hail mary or like just one of those like hot potato plays where the ball pops up and all the defenders like are surprised by it. I vaguely remember a Steelers game where there was a fumble and like six or seven players tried to pick up the ball and no one could pick it up. It just kept getting knocked around for a minute. I kind of want to see if I can track that down, but that might be the play that I've seen the most people touch the ball. Yeah, or like maybe if there was like a, a, an end around toss back to the quarterback that then got tip drilled or something like that. I feel like we should do something with this. Got to find a way to make money off this. <laughs> how does PFF not have like a stat per like touches per play? Yeah. Who t- how many people touch the ball per play? They're watching every play anyways. Might right? as well mark it. Might as well do that. This, is, this could be our angle. We'll be like, how many people touch the ball this play, guys? The ball toucher. <laughs> dot com. <laughs> What's the thing from Rick and Morty? Ball fondlers? Yeah. <laughs> ball fondlers. Dot com. Um, All right, brother. You got any other notes on this? No, just I said after week one, Giants dominated by dallas they were in deep shit and then they like for a second there for played one good half of football against the cardinals oh my god they had to come back big time against the cardinals too. now they're back to being in deep shit i mean 39 like 39 minutes to 20 minutes and like time of possession 419 yards to 150 like they just got totally straight up right now you're starting a new football team 30 teams protect their quarterback and the only starting quarterbacks you have access to are Josh Dobbs and Daniel Jones. Who are you taking? You asked me this last week, I think, didn't you? Did I really? Or no, maybe... I think it was another bad quarterback you were talking about. Uh, out... Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah, I think you threw Josh I was Dobbs doing, out there. I was doing name game with Zach Wilson last week. But this one's just Daniel Jones, Josh Dobbs. Oh. You're starting a new team. Which one are you taking? I'm going to take Daniel Jones. Really? Yeah. I think I'm taking Josh Dobbs. And you're taking Josh Dobbs? Yeah. Because here, here's the thing, right? Like, the floor is we're bad and we get a good pick, right? But the ceiling is the roof. So you can, no matter how good you think Daniel Jones is, I think that Josh Dobbs has a higher ceiling. I do have one more thing. Okay. I'm going to read off San Francisco's record, mm-hmm. or remaining schedule. Mm-hmm. Stop me when you think I get to their first loss. Okay. Uh, versus Arizona. There, stop. Home against Arizona. <laughs> Seriously? No. no. Uh, home no. against Dallas. Oh, yeah, that one's close. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to stop you yet, but that one, like if that line opened, Dallas minus one and a half, it wouldn't blow me away. Yeah. Uh, at Cleveland. 
Fuck, at, they can get through that Dallas game, man. At Minnesota, home for Cincinnati. This is like home for Cincinnati is like a month from now, so who knows what they'll look like then. Yeah, that's another one. At Jacksonville, home for Tampa Bay, at Seattle. Now, here we go. December 3rd at Philadelphia. NFC Finals rematch. Yeah, NFC Finals rematch. I think that if they get past Dallas, it's going to be some random NFC West game. Like you said, like at Seattle, that could be their first mm-hmm. loss. Um, They're just better than Cincy, man. They are. Yeah. And they have uh, home Seattle at Arizona. Home Baltimore could be interesting. Home Baltimore could be interesting. Maybe maybe they'll be like a perfect 15-0 and 0 and then – December thirty first, they go to Washington, and your mm. boys, your boys take care. of I mean, they did end Trent Bal- Williams' revenge game there. <laughs> That's true, but they did end Baltimore's preseason streak. Yeah, this, this could just be a streak breaking team. Yeah, yeah. could be a streak breaker. We also, um, there's been like a, a weirdly large amount of times where bad Washington teams have been have beaten the last unbeaten team in the league. Did it last year against Philly. Did it a few years ago against uh, Pittsburgh. Ron Rivera, the streak breaker. Well, the Pittsburgh was, I think, under Jay Gruden. Oh. Boo. <laughs> Don't say his name. I swear to God that Jay Gruden coached that team for seven years. Looked up the other day. Four years. Oh. It just felt longer. Yeah. I, I, I made money on him being first coach fired the year he got canned. Remember the picks of him, like, outside a club or something? No. That year he got canned? I don't remember I have that a vague memory of picks coming out, and he was, like, outside of, like, I don't know, some bar or something. Is Urban Meyer inside getting grinded on? <laughs> no. You think that's what they meant by Gruden Grinders? What a great moment in NFL history. <laughs> he just lost a game and was pouting in a bar with a picture of himself on the wall in the bar while some, like, 33-year-old woman grinded on him. Yeah. He was probably just feeling nothing. <laughs> dead inside. Just dead inside, yeah. Uh, Fuck, man. How much would it suck to be a Jacksonville fan? I mean, like, it's cool to have Lawrence, but you had to deal with Urban Meyer, and then you also, I mean, A, they just have bad, bad to start this year. Mm-hmm. But you like that is a team who had to talk himself into Blake Bortles for like three years straight. Is their best coach of all time still their first coach in, in Tom Coughlin? Doug Marone got him to an AFC Championship Fuck game. Doug Marone got them to an AFC Championship. Fuck game. Doug Marone. <laughs> Fuck him and beat him beans. I says. I mean, Tom Coughlin's a pretty good pick. Two Super Bowls. Not with Jacksonville. Man. No, not with Jacksonville. Oldest man on earth. He's basically the uh, fuck. What's his name? Uh, Phil. Phil. Triangle. Oh, Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson. He's like the Phil Jackson of football. Really? With, with less rings. I don't know. They're just fucking old, man. Yeah, but I don't think he has much of like as much of a like um, bullshit like, you know, Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson liked to give people books to read, that kind of thing. Yeah, he'd all be about like, you know, the zen, yeah. you know, and everything, feeling the flow and that kind of stuff, which was considered like big-brained amazing when he was winning rings. Well, what's-his-face before Don Granado was all about that shit, right? Uh, fucking uh, a con man, Ralph Kruger. Fuck yeah, him, Ralph dude. Kruger. Ralph Kruger yeah. was all about Zen. Yeah, I'd be like Ralph Kruger. You guys got totally dominated and look pathetic out there. He'd be like, Yeah, you know, we just gotta, you know, you know, find our game. You know, <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what what game are you looking for? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> you got any you got any final Thursday night football thoughts yeah, there? I'm ready to move along. All right, Mike. We uh big week of in- injuries. Yeah, we're jumping to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's just get this the big one out of the way. Mm-hmm. Fucking Nick Chubb. Ooh, oh, yeah. gruesome. So I make a, I, I would say an effort, but it's not even an effort. I don't watch Browns games. As long as Deshaun the rapist Watson there is not, I guess not rapist. Deshaun the diddler. Depends on, depends on your, in New York it wouldn't be considered rape, but they have very strict, yeah. strict definition of it. Deshaun the inappropriate toucher Watson. That yeah. seems too soft. 
sexual assaulter. We'll piece just go with that. Of, I, I just like piece of shit personally, yeah. but Deshaun piece of shit Watson. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't watch because Deshaun piece of shit Watson's the quarterback there, and because the Cleveland Browns organization thought that it was defensible and a good move to give him the first fully guaranteed quarterback contract in NFL history after he sexually assaulted twenty two women, as far as we know. Uh. With all that being said, I did see the clip of Nick Chubb's knee going. 90 degrees the wrong direction uh, on Twitter afterwards in slow motion. And mm. I haven't recovered since. Don't think I've been able to eat since then. I've been so lucky. I've, I've avoided it. Yeah. Uh, I would continue doing that. I felt yeah. the obligation to watch it because of the website. Regret that, man. Yeah. Next time this happens, I might just shut down the website instead. I, I had, they had the game on at my house and I heard the audible gasp from Heinz Field. Yeah. And they showed it on the, the uh, Jumbotron there. Yeah, they would like, not replay yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, yep, not, not looking that one up. Thought about looking at the All-22 for that game mm-hmm. to see how uh, Ford played afterwards. But once again, I don't watch Browns games. Yeah. And second, don't want to accidentally click to a point in the All-22 and see that play again twice. Yeah. Uh, but now they uh, – Jerome Ford's taking over the starter. Kareem Hunt gets signed to the team. Any thoughts on that? So, can I hit Chubb first? Not like literally because he's been through enough this yeah. week. But <laughs> Adding know. injury to injury. Of all the big injuries, this one to me jumps out the most as potentially like season season tanking. For, the, for a team that was already not doing too well? or <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they were one and, one, one and two. They're one and two now? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Um, no. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going into week three. I'm aware. So they're one and one. Mm, you know who they play this week? Who? I don't remember. I'm okay. <laughs> just trying, trying to cover my ass. Hopefully, well, it doesn't matter. Nick Chubb's gone, so yes, they're going to be one and two. Um, they lost their best offensive player. That's like by like multiple statistics. Um, multiple statistics, you say? They no. play the Titans this week. PFF grade. <laughs> um, they, I'd imagine, what fourteen games in now? They, I imagine, someone in the front office is regretting that Deshaun Watson contract. Uh, hopefully, all of them are. Hopefully, all of them are. Um, so up until his injury this season, Nick Chubb was averaging 6.1 yards a carry. Pretty good. Yeah. Like the dude's just a machine. On top of that, I don't think because because of his size, I think people are like, oh, big tough runner. But he does break a lot of tackles, though. He does, but he's like, e- extremely versatile. So like in in, in uh, 2022, when he ran like outside to the left, he averaged 4.6 or sorry 6.1 a carry going 4.6. I can't read my own notes uh, going outside, but then he comes inside between the tackles. He's averaging like between the tackle and tight end 6.1. He goes even farther inside. He was averaging 6.5. Most of this is running to the left, except where their strength was last year mm-hmm. the, on the offensive line. Um, but he's just like so versatile. So then you go from that to a Jerome Ford, as you mentioned, um, who is strictly just like a speed guy, like ran like a four, four. Uh, he's kind of he's kind of lanky though, right? He is not the biggest dude though. Like you're losing size. He's five ten, two hundred or <laughs> five ten. Uh, no, he is. He's five ten. Yeah, what you laughing um, about? Two hundred and ten pounds. Fucking weirdo. I'm a fucking weirdo. Five ten, two hundred ten pounds. Fast. Um, he only had eight carries as a rookie last year, so it's like we don't really know. Yeah. What he's capable of? Yeah, he's one of those like fantasy impact guys though because he it just went from being in. Uh, almost nothing timeshare to be the either the main or the one A to Cream Hunt's one B. Mm-hmm. So, if you're like super into fantasy, I yeah I like in one of our leagues where we have uh free agent auction. Which by the way, every league that doesn't have free agent auction, what are you doing? Fucking up, bud. Yeah, I kind of wish I would put that in our dynasty league now. Yeah, like, do, it next do it next year. Do it next year. Um, free agent auction, way to go. Uh, Jerome Ford. You see how much he went for in our redraft? How much? Fifty-two. Holy shit! Yeah, I got outbid. I put in forty-two. Yeah. So like. I- not that it tells us much. I looked like at his 31 carries this season, and the only 
area he's done anything where his nine carries outside he's put up 110 yards now that's very good 110 yards on nine carries is very good yeah but it's Sufficient. a small sample size uh on the cream hunt side of things i mean he's familiar with the team and the organization so i get it he's also 28 has issues with injuries he can't stay he hasn't like it was like every other year there for a minute where he'd have a good season and then you'd like play a full year get hurt come back play a full year get hurt yeah and people think of him as like a dynamic guy but he hasn't shown to be a big dual threat running back since his last big year in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think of him as a pass catching guy, but I think that the more you look into it, he's more of just kind of like a league average running back, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing. Like you, you know, that's depth, but it's not going to put this Browns team over that has had their offense look pretty weak yeah. so far. And, and carries were like basically like two to one between him and Chubb last year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he averaged only 3.8 yard, yards a carry. Like, he's just not – he's lost a step, even though he's only 28. Do you have the stat in front of you about how how many receptions he had last year? Not in front of you, but I did look at it. it. It would probably be lower than you think. Yeah, that's I, what I'm thinking. Yeah, I can pull it um, up. While you do you that, I did just want to point out, brought up Deshaun Watson's contract. It's fully guaranteed, so no matter what, the dead money really screws you. But next season, his base salary is $46 million. That's when that, like, kicks in. Like, this season, base salary was only $1.8 million. And it was even worse because, remember, they – um, structured it to where he only lost, I think, a million for that time that yeah. year he was suspended. Yeah. Like they actively helped someone make more money and get around their punishment. Yeah. Um, but so starting next year, I mean, their cap's kind of fucked. He's making like an absurd amount of money next year. So to answer your last question, Kareem Hunt last year had 35 receptions for 210 yards. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, not what I think you would think. Not a ton of not a ton of work there. Yeah, so not a ton of work there, buddy. Another thing I like I put down here, I just want to throw out some other names that were available on the market when they decided to call Kareem Hunt. Paymakers. <laughs> He's on the market, but I mean like some free agents that were out there. One, playoff Lenny. Oh, fucking love his playoff Lenny, man. He looked good in a Browns uniform. Yeah. You, you, like if you squinted, he kind of looked like Nick Chubb. Yeah, like a, a much like slimmer. Yeah, <laughs> and balder Nick Nick Chubb. Um, I would call him thick Chubb, but opposite yeah thick chub <laughs> uh james robinson <laughs> sorry i couldn't get to that one without laughing He's, his uh career did kind of take a big yeah, he, he got a he got that knee injury mm-hmm. and just never really recovered from that i mean he's bounced around a few places but and then the third name someone i would like to see him get another chance a man you're familiar with mr jd mckissick is still a free agent oh buffalo should sign him they tried last time <laughs> we tried last time you guys <laughs> fucked it up so there are other names out there but i mean like i said hunt is familiar so it was easy to yeah. grab him and yeah, plug he him back in. knows the offense although yeah. when when kevin stavansky gets fired in two weeks he won't know the offense anymore yeah, probably not yeah uh did want to while we're talking about running backs um i did really quick want to revise one of my priors that i went into the season um brother i fucking love Bijan robinson like i i get that i was never like anti Bijan robinson suddenly i'm like you know what Let's draft running backs in the first round again. It's so much fun. Like, Najee Harris really fucked this up, but Saquon's rookie season, awesome. Bijan's rookie season so far, fucking awesome, man. He's so much fun to watch every time he has the ball in his hands. McCaffrey's unreal rookie season? McCaffrey's rookie season? Yeah. Let's start drafting running backs in the first round again. Well, Jameer Gibbs? I think it's come back around because running backs adapted, and we're like, I need to be a total athlete. And yeah, Bijan lines up in like the X position. Yeah, like he's he's out wide. Like he's in like the fucking Terrell Owens spot out there. Right. Like you wouldn't see. I think if someone tried to take like a Derrick Henry in the first round, they'd still get shit for it. You didn't Derrick Henry get drafted in the first round? He did, but nowadays I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
nowadays. Very different football from six years ago or whatever it is it changes every day every uh month. all right we got we got some more injuries to burn through yeah, here yeah. so uh uh trayvon diggs towards acl in practice um gilmore bumps up to cornerback one assumedly we're gonna see a lot more deron bland uh no reason to talk anymore about that let's just move on <laughs> uh for those of you at home which uh i hope is well i guess no one right you can listen to podcasts in the car yeah get out and do something lazy yeah. fucks <laughs> Sorry, is that not the point you were trying to make? Sitting around, listening to fucking podcasts. It's beautiful outside. What were we talking about? Deron Bland. Deron Bland. Uh, just real quick, uh, Stephon Gilmore. Um, kind of up and down so far. Uh, week one, 89.9 grade. Week two, 42 overall grade. Uh, playing the Jets, not great. It's hard to get a read on how well anyone played against the Jets because the Cowboys put that game away, A, so fucking fast, and B, against Zach Wilson. So, so somehow, Zach Wilson, like Daniel Jones, is the best quarterback they've played so far this season. That's a that's a crazy, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, so I and I also just really want to do want to point out that uh, Trayvon Diggs was covering Garrett Wilson on the right side anytime Garrett Wilson lined up over there. Did a pretty good job. Um, I think he's a lot better than what his reputation used to be. Uh, and who knows if that's just um scheme or he grew up some. But I do think that he's doing a lot better now than like when he had that season where he had the most takeaways and everyone was everyone had the counter argument where they were like actually he sucks <laughs> well because i've said in the past like he either gets a pick or he yeah I, th- I think that's burned. an unfair characterization now i think that he's he's come around a lot more now it is he's actually was playing i would argue better. he's the stefan Diggs of defense <laughs> right uh <laughs> something that could have helped him is they went from being like last year their play calling was very man heavy and through two games this year, they've been much more down the middle. Look at you. Fucking charts over here. Yeah. Just looking at zone <laughs> versus man. Looking at the way that cornerbacks line up their hips. Yeah. Watching how the linebackers drop into coverage versus blitz. This fucking guy over here. <laughs> Talking about mean? tape grinder. Mike Regan tape grinder. At Town Alone Mike on, on Twitter if you want to see a guy who really really knows his shit. Really knows ball. Doesn't just sit there and look at the statistics, all right? This guy is in the lab. 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. 24-7. Somehow. Uh... Just grinding tape. Just grinding away. Got the reel going. Got the projector. Charting. <laughs> looking at stuff. Are you done? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about fifth round pick out of Fresno State, Deron Bland. Let me uh, just give you a couple things here. Um, last week, he only played 55% of snaps. He was playing in their nickel a lot. He was coming out. Uh, I mean, they're you know, it's the NFL now. A lot of people play base nickel. But he was coming out uh, a lot of times on later downs. Played pretty well. 73 overall grade on the season. Played better week one than week two. It seems like everyone did. Uh, because they shut out the Giants, and it's hard to play poorly when you don't allow a team to score any points. But probably going to see a step up from 55 to 90-plus percent. We'll probably see Gilmore on the field for 100% of snaps. Um, Yeah, he played up into it like all last year. He was at slot corner position. Started, jotted it down. Uh, ten, he did start 10 games. Um, yeah. He had a solid rookie season. He did get five interceptions, but he also did get burned for some touchdowns. Um. In college, he did basically bounce back and forth between left and right. So he does have, while at a much lower level, um, he does have a experience playing on the outside, which is probably why he's the next guy up. I think he plays so much slot in the NFL because he's six foot one ninety seven. Yeah, a little bit smaller. Yeah, a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. No Emmanuel Forbes, but a little bit smaller. No, I was letting you go, brother. You said oh, you got I notes. You, I, 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 I know you had another Just... point you wanted to hit. Um, well, I know you said you watched uh, a tape on him, and so, like I said, he's he's smaller. Dude, it was so hard to get a read on that tape because Zach okay. Wilson is fucking terrible. And like, I'm not, I'm not the world's biggest cornerback expert, you know. I'm no D 
Deion Sanders, uh, probably a tier below him, my my level of understanding cornerback play. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a half tier below him. Um, or maybe a quarter tier, something around there. Quarter to a half tier below Deion Sanders in understanding defensive back play. Um, an Aflac sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's so hard to get a read on how well the defense played. Zach Wilson is so fucking bad, man. And, like, you get that impression just watching live game because you see him like throw interceptions and be bad at football. But then you watch the all 22 and it's like, they're all like, I don't know why he, you you know, like in Madden, when you decide who you're going to throw it to ahead of time and don't even do the reads, you're just like, well, I got, you know, whatever say in 2007, it's like, I got Terrell Owens. I'm just going to hit that button over and over again. Like, I don't know why he's not just doing that with Garrett Wilson. Like Zach, Alan Lazard was not signed to this team for you to throw the ball to. He was signed to the team for Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball to. And you, sir, are not Aaron Rodgers. Correct. Just hit the fucking Garrett Wilson X button over and over and over again. Yeah, it's like, it's literally the meme. People have, like, made the joke about, like, a bunch of teams where, like, the quarterback will just be like, for example, Kirk Cousins will just be like, fuck it, Jefferson's down there somewhere. Like, yeah. Just got, fuck it, Wilson's down there somewhere. Yeah. The good Wilson, not the bad one throwing the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, chuck it up to him. Just go for it. Yeah. Um, so... The point I wanted to make about Deron Bland. Sorry, I got I got lost for a second. Lost in the sauce, if you will. Um, no, he plays on the other team. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I brought up the main coverage earlier because that's his weakness. Like I said, he's a little undersized. He's average athletically. And uh, one of the big things scouts dinged him for coming out of college was his stiff hips, making it harder to keep with the receiver if you're in man coverage and they're going to go ahead and break. And now you got to break with the receiver, you got to turn your body, you're going to run to trouble, you're going to get beat. His stats back that assessment up as well. His, his rookie year, he had an 89.5 grade to a 44.6 grade from coverage to man. So far in two games this year, 75.3 to oh, 75.3 to 46 was his rookie, and then what I just said was through two games this year. Can you say the one for this this year again then? Uh, so 89.5 when he's in uh, zone coverage and 44.6 in man coverage. Kind of Josh Norman mold, right? That was always Josh Norman saying that and that he was really good at making people fumble the ball. Mm-hmm. Remember that? He just fucking punched the ball out. Yeah, just punched it right out. We gave that guy so much money on the commanders. Fuck, man. Yeah. We gave him so much money and he sucked. We gave him less money on Buffalo and then Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry ended his, his career. career. <laughs> but like... Like, uh, when we brought Norman in, I was, like, kind of stoked about it. He had that one game against OBJ, and then people kept bitching that he wasn't lining up over the best receiver every time. So then they started lining up over the best receiver, and he was just getting obliterated. Mm-hmm. This so, has been the Josh Norman cast, your weekly podcast about Josh <laughs> Norman. Josh Norman, yeah. So I do think that not as big of a loss as compared to Chubbs for the Browns, mm-hmm. but it's going to take some adjustment in the play calling uh, by Dan Quinn. Correct? So the offensive defense screen over there? Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's going to take a lot more of a load on Gilmore to be lined up with wherever the best receiver is. I don't, think, I don't think they're going to shadow him still. I mean, that's just not something you do in the NFL anymore, um, which I completely understand. Unless you're like Patrick Sertan. Patrick Sertan, I think, tends to shadow. Mm-hmm. Even that. Like, I, I remember watching the Oakland game. Fuck, man. I can't stop doing that. The Vegas game. Yeah. Vegas broadcast. And even that, it's like, when Devontae was lined up across from Sertan, they just wouldn't throw to him. But then... Whenever, like, Devontae wasn't around Sertan, it was, like, night and day. All of a sudden, Devontae's wide fucking open. Same, the, the same thing against the Commies last week where John Dotson went real quiet in the middle of that game because he kept being lined up on the side with uh, Sertan. Sertan's so fucking good. Yeah, yes. Sertan's so fucking good. So fu- Sertan's so fucking good. Uh, and to make you feel better, every, if I'm, like, writing or typing anything and I have to write, like, 
Vegas, like the Raiders, even if I just want to go do like the abbreviation, I have to pause for a second and be like, tell myself like LVR. I don't know why that's so broken for me. Yeah. I can do the Vegas teams like that. No problem. V- or did I say Vegas? I can do the Los Angeles teams. Yeah, yeah. Like no problem. Vegas. I keep fucking saying Oakland. So they just fit so much better in Oakland. They do. They have, they, the, they have the right color scheme for it and everything. Yeah. 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 That, that gritty Oakland vibe. Uh, let me ask you this. No, Gritty plays in Philly. Um, let me ask you this. Yes. Uh, are we going to see like a bunch of CJ Goodwin? Like who's stepping up to be the third cornerback now on, for Dallas? Yeah, I think that is who they have. Um, I was like, I was pulling up snap counts here and it was like, they played four cornerbacks last week. Um, an Israeli uh, Muku Amu mm-hmm. is a safety. So yeah. he had like the third most snaps at cornerback, but he's technically a safety. So... I mean, take this for what it's worth, but like ESPN, if you go there, look at their depth chart. Mm-hmm. It now with the injury does have like Deron Bland over at right. Mm-hmm. And then they're putting Devin Harper in at the slot slash nickel corner position. Did they just sign him or something? No. Yeah, he's been there. Has he? I, think I don't even right. know who the fuck he is, man. But I just remember, I, is he Bryce Harper's brother? <laughs> I don't think so. You, you want to know who a guy that I have unreasonable stock for, despite never proving any reason I should? Now, here's a guy you have unreasonable stock for, despite ever proving anything that he's good. Malik Hooker. Fucking love Malik Hooker. No reason to. Yeah. I just like safeties. I, I like I love defensive backs. Yeah. Like when I was doing the defensive uh all portal, all transfer portal team, I really like kind of started getting into the weeds on the defensive backs. We really gotta get moving here. <laughs> fuck it, it's our podcast. <laughs> it's for, yeah, I gotta edit it though. That's true. If uh, you yeah. edit it, you can say fuck uh, it. Devon Harper is a six round pick out of Oklahoma State. This is his first season. Okay. Cornerback. He's Thank actually you. listed as a linebacker, but in a similar mold, the NFL defenses have just gotten so to where like, like because of like the increase of usage and like that slot position, where it's like if you're a certain size, yeah, you, you, you could you could literally go anywhere from like slot corner to outside linebacker to like safety, like Free. rushing yeah. defensive end kind of outside linebacker. Like it's just so. That's I mean that's you know they they drop Micah Parsons in a coverage so yeah. Um. All right, so Next we up. got we got two quarterbacks hurt here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson yeah. kind of lumping them together because it's the eternal struggle between us. Uh, it's like, you know, the good versus the bad. Jedi versus Sith. Anthony Richardson versus Bryce Young. Um, Bryce Young, questionable with an ankle injury. Uh, he's not officially out yet, is he? Or you did, you did say he's officially out. Bryce Young is officially out. He's officially out. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't checked since he was officially out, but the opening line was Carolina plus four. That moved to Carolina plus six. Which seems weird to me because I feel like Andy Dalton's a more sure th- sure bet than Bryce Young, but maybe that was just already moving despite the injury. Uh, Andy Dalton stepping in, oh, offensive line not great, so I can't blame Bryce Young too much. Forty six point nine percent of dropbacks have had pressure. Uh, obviously, sometimes that's Bryce Young's fault for holding on the ball too long, but it's not a great unit. And then uh, Young's highest passing grade so far this season is when he was blitzed. Um, I have that written down yeah. here too. I don't really know what to make from that, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah, seven to ten. It's interesting. And one, one touchdown. It's it is interesting. interesting Thank you. Um, <laughs> I also had written, written down Carolina's offense line is currently bad in all phases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So not a great unit. I, I don't know how much Andy Dalton's really going to elevate them, but at least you know Andy Dalton and Adam Thielen can talk about what it's like to be old. Yeah, I mean Dalton might just do a better job of being like, I'm just going to go ahead and drop that, drop that. But like then again, I mean. Young was averaging 4.6 yards in attempt, so he too was just being like dropping it off yeah. out of fear. Like that that game this week, he kind of went into safe but boring mode. 
God, that game was so boring. Yeah. That might have been the most boring Monday night game I've seen in maybe like since the the Rams Patriots Super Bowl. Yeah, or I wrote into scape, uh, scared safe mode because he is a like, completion percentage was better, no turnovers, but like I said, four point six yards in attempt and an A dot of six point eight. Like he's just like a terrified rookie who's gonna drop it off real quick. We need to figure out what he runs like. Like you know how you we have all these things where it's like. Patrick Mahomes kind of runs like he's trying to carry a beer without spilling it. And Kyler Murray runs like he's a toddler who just is learning how to run now. Josh Allen runs like a train that just f- fell off the tracks. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, what is well, he has no self-preservation, does he? No. Like, if Josh Allen was on a street and a car was driving towards him, he wouldn't even deer in the headlights. He would start walking towards the fucking car. And as a Bills fan, every Bills game, whoever is calling it, there's so many... like. Josh, he's got to learn to protect himself, though. You don't want to see your quarterback taking those hits or your quarterback trying to, you know, Is hurt, it like Anthony Davis where every time that, like, Josh Allen goes down, you're like, that's it. No. Done for the season. It's the opposite. You're like, like, I'll be fine. I'm like, God, he's a fucking tank. He'd he's be, a he, thick son of a right. bitch, isn't he? Yeah. And, like, yeah. Would I like him to protect himself more? Of course. But you know what? Like, it's just going to fall on deaf, deaf ears. It's my same thing with, like, Richardson. Like, how do you tell a 6'4", 244-pound dude who, pushed, who could push college players around like children – like you need to protect yourself more. Yeah. Like that's to- he has to totally change his mindset. Yeah, I mean, Richardson's been pulled out of both games so far. Um, do you know is he officially playing yet or do we not know yet? Uh, not a hundred percent, but it sounds like he most likely will be out. He was still in uh, concussion protocols yesterday. Okay, here's here's a point I want to talk about. Um, I'm pulling. Uh, let me just check. Anthony Richardson out for week three. Okay. Um, here's here's something I wanted to to bring up about this. You know what the most successful thing the NFL's done from a marketing standpoint? Is that we all say this player's in concussion protocols. No one says anymore he's out with a concussion. No one bre- says the word concussion. Like the, I don't know how they fucking Jedi mind tricked us, but everyone is like, oh, he's in concussion protocols. It's passive voice. We're all not saying Anthony Richardson was playing football and got a concussion. It's always, he's in the concussion protocols. Right. Like by not specifically saying he has a concussion. It's like, oh, he's in protocols. That's good. They're, they're taking steps to yeah. help him, to avoid him from having, you know. How do they damage. do this to us? I don't know. That's it's so fucking good. It's like uh, the end of um, uh, Usual Suspects. Yeah. Like, the, like, Goodell just walked out of the police office telling us all about Kaiser Soze, and we never even fucking realized the whole time it was him. Yeah. We're staring at the coffee mug. We're staring at the coffee <laughs> mug. Um, well, I... What, what was on the bottom of the coffee mug? I in can't that? remember. Yeah, I can't remember I either. Coffee mug. Anyways, watch I, the usual suspects. Good movie. Yeah, I, I got a question for you. Uh huh. So nine of his thirteen rushing attempts have been designed runs. Do you think when he comes back from this, Stinky is going to feel like pressure to maybe pull back on any designed runs for a little while? I so my go-to would be no, because this is a, this is just one of those freak injuries. This wasn't you know oh he fucked up and hurt himself. It was yeah. just he hit the turf, his shoulders hit before his head, and his head snapped back and gave him a you know gave his brain a good good old shake. You think if everybody wore the Van Der Esch, like, neck roll? It's it's like the granny shot, right? Like, players who shoot underhand free throws have, like, a significantly higher uh, field goal percentage than players who shoot overhand. But basketball players still want to have sex. And if there's clips of you out there granny shooting free throws, you're never going to get laid. It's something like... Leighton Van Der Esch looks like such a pussy with that thing around his neck, but it was, I bet you like, there would be so many less concussions if every player wore that. His, well, it's part the name and part the neck thing makes me think like there's a dude who walked on at like Harvard. Yeah. Like there's a Harvard star linebacker. Leighton Van Der Esch. Right Yeah. That dude does have sex, but it's only missionary. Yeah. With his <laughs> eyes closed. And there's, yeah, it, lights off, eyes closed, no talking. That guy cries during sex every time. 
Mike, obliterating Van Der Esch on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, just Captain Strays. Talk about Anthony Richardson, and now we're out here accusing Leighton Van Der Esch of having missionary speaking sex. Of Richardson, or, speaking of Richardson, you know who's a real pussy? <laughs> Leighton Van Der Esch. Now, here's a guy. <laughs> Poor Leighton Van Der Esch. That's a good call, man. We just fucking buried that pussy. Uh, <laughs> Something that Leighton Van Der Esch has never done. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I had a whole bit in here about the concussions, and I for, totally forgot to do it. You want? You want? I'm just gonna do it now, and we'll insert it at the start. Okay. Did you ever think? <laughs> How it seems like the NFL taught us to say he's in the concussion protocol instead of he has a concussion. Kind of makes a fellow wonder, don't <laughs> it? Done it. That was good. That was good. Thanks. Um, Gardner Minshew comes in. Line moved only about half a point to a point, depending on where you looked. Um, let me ask you this: going into the week here, fantasy wise, uh, yeah. You starting Michael Pittman if you had him. Pittman, I don't even know him. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, uh, playing Baltimore? Yeah. That game could get away from him, and then Minshew's going to have to pull off the Minshew magic. So would you start uh, Would you start Pittman? Does it change your opinion on starting Pittman? If I needed a – I would as, like, my third wide receiver. Okay. And a flex spot. So you, you'd flex Pittman? I'd flex Pittman, yeah. Uh, Zach Moss. Does this increase or decrease your chances of using Zach Moss? Um, or unaffected? Probably unaffected. I'm, I'm playing him anyway. I mean, he had a yeah. good week last week and fucking amazing week last week. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean, I'm just, I'm just hoping at this point as a fantasy owner of his, like in Dynasty, that Jonathan Taylor is just like, no, I'm not coming back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna leave. Let me go. So we'll see. Um, and then Gardner Minshew. Would you start Gardner Minshew? In, you and I both in, are, are Richardson owners in two yeah, different leagues. If you are in a two QB league, and he might be worth like a streaming option, especially if you're. If you, st- you know, usually like, start Richardson, yeah. Yeah, like for example, like I traded for you to get Dak, and now my other two guys who are Richardson and Young are both out. Mitchu's not available if he Your was. Your cousin was so confused by that trade. He I keeps know. texting me about it. It's because he's mad because he wanted Herbert, and then yeah. after we made the Dak deal, you took you Herbert, put, off pulled the Herbert off the board. Yeah, yeah so he, was, he wasn't happy about that. But I, I also feel like Richardson should have known he was going to get hurt and miss at least one game the second he realized Gardner Minshew was his backup because there's an inevitable force in the universe where Minshew will start at least one yeah. game every fucking year. Also, what's the deal with Gardner Minshew being the backup to running quarterbacks who are built like tanks? He was in Philly last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember like when people were still unsure about Jalen Hurts and there were some people who were calling for Minshew to be the guy? Okay. Well, we're talking about past NFL seasons and bitching about backup quarterbacks. You remember when we had like three or four seasons straight where people kept telling Jerry Jones they needed to draft backup quarterbacks behind Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. Do not ever make your weekly plan based around your backup quarterback. Uh, that is absolutely. dumb shit team building. Mm-hmm. It's like when uh, Diggs and Thielen were in fucking uh, Minnesota. Yeah. And people used to always say, well, yeah, but who's their third wide receiver? You have Stephon Diggs and Adam. Who fucking cares who your third? Put Mike and I out there. It's the third wide receiver. What the fuck are we talking about? I don't have the most jump off the line, but I think I could run a wicked curl. <laughs> uh, you can't possibly be slower than Adam Thielen. <laughs> right? No, I agree. I feel like you're taking your eye off more important things when you're like, yeah, but who's our, like, our number three change of pace running back? <laughs> yeah. Like, when, when you're telling Jerry Jones that he needs to be drafting a backup quarterback, you you need to go touch grass. Like, what you're who cares? Make anyone the backup quarterback. Make Jerry Jones the backup quarterback. And the famous words of some random offensive coach – for the Indianapolis Colts years ago, whose name I cannot remember right now, we don't practice fucked. If 11 goes down, we're fucked. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I 
I'm probably Mandeling this, but I feel like the year Brady tore his ACL in the offseason, there was talk of like they really need to make sure they have a backup just in yeah. case. And I feel like they talked it into existence. You never, never worry about your backup quarterback until your starting quarterback is hurt. Yeah. That is absolutely. the first time that you should even remember you have a backup quarterback. When, when's the last time you heard, like, Kansas City sports media be like, I don't know about Chad Henney, though, as the backup. Maybe we should do something about right, that. Right. Like, seriously, without looking it up right now, who is the backup in Kansas City? It, it has to. It's still Henney, isn't it? I'm looking it up. Blaine Gabbert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a blast from the past. But that's, like, that's the thing. Like, at the point that you are concerned about backup quarterback, that means your team is good. And if your team is not good, stop talking about backup quarterback. Yeah. I don't know how we got on this rant, but anyways, you want to talk about other things now? Yeah. Talk about some games this week coming up? Yeah, talk about some. I, I just want to make a note. Uh, Cam Akers did get traded to the Vikings. Oh, that happened while we were recording? That happened, like, during Monday Night Football. Did it? Oh, yeah. it did. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Uh, you want to hear the trade compensation? Yeah. Akers? Okay, let me ask you what you think they got back for this. They traded away Cam Akers plus a 2026 seventh rounder. What do you think they got back? Fifth rounder? Sixth rounder. Six, <laughs> sixth rounder. I would have really, man. I really would have, you know, pinned him to the wall and played hardball to get that fifth. But <laughs> uh, Ty Chandler, probably the odd man out there. Um, what do you expect the snap count to be between Alexander Madison and Cam Akers, percentage-wise? Does it fucking matter? No. Like, I don't, I don't think either of them are going to have much success i traded for cam makers in my other dynasty league yeah just hoping that he has like one spike game and i could flip him again yeah it's kind of um, like buying gamestop stock cam makers is the gamestop stock of the nfl right yeah i think it's gonna be one of those things where like every week it's like a crapshoot like they'll both come out getting mixed in until like partway through the second when one of them is doing better and then they'll just keep feeding them kevin o'connell has a magnificent chin does he men's 90 percent chin hmm. anyways um <laughs> You want to talk some week three games? Let's do it. Uh, all right. Well, uh, you want to start game of the week or you want to start with the commies? Uh, yeah. I, I, I jotted down a couple games and then notes on the Bills and commies. One game we'll go ahead and cross off because Colts and Ravens will no longer be a potential game of the week. Yep. I also have that one jotted down so we can uh, cross yep. that one off. So I got two others and then Bills commies. Let's, say Bill, let's save Bills commies for last. All right. Um, you want to start with the game of the week then? Yeah. What do you got? So I got a couple. Okay. Just by a couple, I mean two. A pair, if you will. Well, first, a couple does mean two. Yeah. First one, we got Chargers-Vikings. That's my game of the week also, yeah. so we'll go through that one. Uh, two bad defenses. Two teams who can score. I wrote down Madison will probably have his best game of all year because it's against the Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Chargers will blow a two-score lead in late, late in the third and lose again. Uh, Over-under on this game, 53.5. Current line on it is Vikings minus 1.5, which is just entirely on field. I think that that's Vegas telling us that this game's a pick but they're at Minnesota. They're at, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, these might be the two most cursed franchises in the modern NFL. It is just brutal for these guys. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, here's, here's a note, by the way, I had on the Vikings minus one and a half. I can't tell if this is an insult to Justin Herbert or a compliment to Brandon Staley that it's only one and a half. Yeah. This really, is, really split on that. This is gonna be another one of those games I talked about last week where Cousins is going to end up with like... 380 yards and like three touchdowns but then we're still gonna be like yeah it's Kirk Cousins like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out that these two teams cannot win games it's like they are morally opposed to winning games Chargers coughed up a four-point lead with a minute and 35 left against the Dolphins and then went three and out to lose the game including two or I think they actually went four and out to lose the game but they, that included uh two sacks that Justin Herbert took yeah um, and then the next week, they lost in overtime to the Titans, despite getting the ball first. 
Oh, I see. I didn't get to watch that game, and I actually missed that, that yeah. part of it. They get the ball first. I was watching that because I had them in uh, my survivor pool. Mm-hmm. Whoops. Um, but they get the ball first, going into overtime. They go three and out and punt. Brandon. Talking to Brandon Staley. Not calling you Brandon. Yeah. Brandon. You were supposed to be the analytics guy, and you punted in overtime. Anyone who punts in – like, if you put in overtime, they should just automatically make you lose the game. Yeah. It should be an unwritten rule that if you get the ball first and you punt in overtime, congratulations, you've lost the game. Yeah. I know that sometimes you st- get a stop and the other team has to punt it back, but that is – it is – once you punt, all that team has to do is make a field goal. Mm-hmm. You are just handing them the game on a silver player. They just have to get the ball to, like, the fucking 40 with how good field goal kickers are now. Yeah. Like, what a fucking move Brandon Analytics Daily just pulled there. Yeah, I said it last year that he's, like, self-scouted himself and he overthinks all those calls now. I can't remember if it was you and me talking about... Oh, no, no, it was someone else. But I was talking about how I think Leonardo DiCaprio is the current actor influenced the most by social media. Because I feel like at some point he got called pretty too many times online to where he just went full the other direction. The man looks completely different than he did when he was like in Titanic. Like he used to be a heartthrob. Now he's like an overweight dude with a bowl cut in all of his movies. It was a wild change that he decided to make. Like in recent memory, what was the most attractive he's been in a movie? Don't look up. When he had like the professor look going on. Uh, no, I think, uh, I think once upon a time in Hollywood, the revenant, it's covered in bear shit and blood <laughs> yeah. the whole movie. <laughs> I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he looked pretty good. He looked, I mean, like he he looked like a washed up actor. He that kinda, was kind of looking. Kind of had like this like Django, middle aged Burt Reynolds. It feels like swagger. Django was the last time that he was like attractive. He was not attractive in Django. What are you talking about? He had the long flowing hair and everything. Oh god, not at all. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> We're having white cake. Makes <laughs> <laughs> that movie. I can never say white cake normal anymore. Yeah, when Christoph Waltz smart. kills him in that movie with a little fucking gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's badass. Just turns and apologizes to Jamie Foxx. Great moment. Also, Jamie Foxx, you get to see the full outline of his cock in that movie. You do? Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Big cock. <laughs> Big cock fox. That's what we <laughs> call it. Like, um, <laughs> overs. <laughs> Big cock. Anyway. <laughs> what were we talking about? Best games this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so then I want to go through the Vikings' first two games so far. Yeah. How the fuck do we... Oh, yeah, DeCap- uh, Brandon Staley also seems like the guy who was influenced the most by social media. <laughs> like, it feels like social media was constantly like, Brandon Staley, analytics god, still can't win games. Fuck Brandon Staley. And Brandon Staley went, fine, I'm not going to do analytics anymore. I'm not going to look at any numbers. Fourth and one, punt. Got Justin Herbert, punt. Where was the ball on that punt on the field? Uh, I think it was on their 30. So, like, not in great field position, How but long? they didn't gain, like... It wasn't like they tilted the field 99 yards or something. Right, you, know? you pin him at the one, Yeah. So. What's the point? And then Vikings or uh, uh, Titans walked down and won the game. So it's, you know, the second most tragic loss for me so far this season behind betting the Bills live line when they were down going into overtime or uh, down right before going into overtime. Yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, you're right. Like if you're about DiCaprio, it's about the punting thing there Mm. because you're either going to be far enough up to where it's a no brainer. You got to go for it. Or you're going to be far enough back to where they're going to get the ball, like you said, at like the 30-yard line, and they're going to need to pick up like 30, 40 yards and kick a game-winning field goal. Like yeah. You might as well just go for it from back at the 30, because either way, you're going to lose if you don't get it. They'll kick the field goal right from there. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah just fucking go for it, coward. Um, Cowards daily. So, I did want to I did want to just go through the Vikings game so far this year. Uh, lost 20-17. to to the now 2-0 Baker Mayfield-led Buccaneers. 
they punted with 352 left and the Bucks. This is insane. I didn't see this before. Like I saw the end of the game, but I didn't realize this. The Bucks ran a 10 play drive that only took up 3 minutes and 52 seconds. Yeah. Uh, but in that drive, they converted two third and longs. Like, the Vikings just gave away that game after punting with three. Like, you punt with 352, you kind of think you're getting the ball back. They had three timeouts, still didn't get the ball back. Uh, and then they almost came back down 27-7 against the Eagles. Came up one score short on that one. Um, worth noting, Vikings have a huge rest advantage here. They have the, like, 10-day rest advantage versus the six or whatever. And they're playing at home, so... There's something to be said there about the line, but still, like, this game's going to be... this like I don't know how both these teams can lose a one-score game, but it's got to happen somehow, right? Like, can a third team come on the field and cash in their money in the bank and win by one score over both teams? Are we getting the first tie of 2023? Oh, my God, yeah. That'd be amazing. Uh, like, that's another thing that I, like, as crazy as it sounds, if it's late enough into the game to where, realistically looking at it, one first down, I'm not going to see the ball again. I'm not fucking punting. Yeah. It, people Like, these coaches need to play more Madden. Mm-hmm. That's what you really need to do. Because how many times do you play against someone in Madden that just doesn't punt? Right. It's the optimal strategy in Madden. You're just like, fourth and 11, going for it. In a league where holding is 10 yards and an automatic first down, like, that's all it would take is a guy to get a little grabby and then you just lost the game. Because they needed one first down to kill the clock on or you. Or you just run a play. Like, if you if you just need to get the the first down to end the game, right? And it's fourth and six. Just, like, if you're the Chargers, just run fucking Mike Evans down the sideline into double coverage and have Justin Herbert throw the ball into that. Yeah. Just get the pass interference flag thrown. Mike Williams. What, what did I say? Mike Evans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tampa on the brain all that. <laughs> you know me, biggest Bucks fan on earth. But, like, you have you have Mike Williams, who's like a cheat code when it comes to pass interference, because he's just giant. Just, like, run the pass interference play that works 99% of the time. Throw the back shoulder. It gets thrown every time. Yeah. I was all about Staley season one, and then it just crashed and burned season two, and now I'm, like, just waiting for it. Who would you want to be the next coach there? You guys want to mind? You gotta give him an offensive guy in the building, right? Yeah, get an offensive guy in there. Cliff Kingsbury. No. Let's get a young, forward-thinking offensive mind in there. Loves analytics. Cliff Kingsbury. No. Lincoln Riley. Ooh. I don't trust college coaches. Is that weird? So I'm Eric like, enemy. I'm like on Lane Kiffin watch. If he ever decides to make the jump again, sell down out there. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Christ, man! You know that came through. Oh my God! Right an hour already. <laughs> We're going to podcast over here. <laughs> You know how hard it is to record a podcast? <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the other the other thing I just want to point out, um, both teams ended their 2022 in absolutely spectacular fashion, too. I cannot wait for this game. It's going to be such... It's going to be the weirdest game of the week, man. And we've we've built it up so much, it's definitely going to be like Chargers win 14-7. to But the Vikings get blown out by the New York Giants, which both those teams were frauds. And then the Chargers give up a 28-point comeback to the Jags, who are now a fraud. Yep. Just a wild thing. It's the whole, whole league of frauds. It is crazy how bad the Chargers' defense is when they have, like, that stacked top line like we talked about last week. And then also yeah. Brandon Staley, who was, like, supposed to be, like, the new innovative guy the on defense. The defensive guy. Yeah, he's the defensive guy. Like, he was the guy that made McVay's defenses hum. Like he a hummer. It. Like a hummer. <laughs> uh, do you, so, before we get to Bill's comments, I'm going to drop my other game in there real fast. Okay, let me hear it. Uh, 
a little bit of a sleeper pick. Keep an eye on Falcons Lions. Yo, fucking same brain. That's the other one I yeah. have written down. So Falcons defenses look good. This is their biggest test going up against the second highest graded PFF offense right now in the Lions. Um, Bijan coming off a big week. And this probably, I think, is going to be like the week where Atlanta is going to ask like the most of Ritter that they've asked of him all season. Like, I think he's going to have to actually go out there and make some plays to win them this game. I mean, he made some plays last week when it counted, but he made some, yeah, on his feet, especially. On his feet, yeah. But he's going to have to make some plays with his arm to pull this one out. But I think this could end up being a very fun game. I don't know what, what the over under said at, do you? I can look it up real quick. Yeah. Um, I will just point out that this is, this is kind of the styles make fights game. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't think about it, the Lions have been a really good passing team so far this year. They're fifth ranked by PFF yeah. for passing, 79.5 passing rank. And then Falcons are, you know, Falcons are playing fucking pre-forward pass football out there. Yeah. They're, I mean, running from all these alignments. They have Bijan, the answer, Robinson. That's right, mm-hmm. I'm co-opting it. They're, they're playing the kind of, like, every time, like a lot of times, I should say, new Madden will come out. And I'll go to like build my own playbook, and I just want to make it like nothing but options and runs and all this crazy shit. But then I realize like how long it takes to build a playbook from scratch in Madden. And I'm just like, fuck this, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but Atlanta, Atlanta is on that right now. Uh, I'm pulling up the over under. Hitting overs. <laughs> Hitting unders. Uh, Forty six and a half. Three point line. Who do you think's favored? Three points. It's in Detroit. Oh, a Detroit's favored. Yeah, Detroit's yeah. favored by three. Forty six and a half point line. That moved though. Was that was wasn't it four and a half? Uh, might have been. Yeah. I I didn't bet at any point. Oh, maybe I did bet it. Yeah, I think it was four and a half. I yeah. think I got Falcons plus four and a half. Um, you mentioned it last week. I do want to also say, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it. Chargers over under is the highest of the week, or uh, uh you know, Chargers Vikes over yeah. under, yeah. highest of the week at fifty three and a half. I did mention the over under, but I didn't mention it was the highest. Um, we like Falcons over last week. Do we like it again this week? Uh, like their total? What? Uh, what do you mean? You mean like their the, spread the, on that game? No, on that game, do we like the over under? Or the no, over. I mean, forty six and a half is kind of high. Like you, you got to think there that that's each team has to score. Like one team has to score twenty four, and one team has to score twenty three to hit that. If you take the line into account, that's got to be like uh twenty twenty seven twenty four game twenty five twenty two. I think with what they have the line set at. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Seems kind of high. I mean, these Falcons games have been kind of low scoring because their defense has been playing better than expected. Yeah. And their offense is just so run heavy. I mean, the clock just drains away in those games. That, that, that is a concern. I agree. But yeah. we also get Jameer Gibbs versus Bijan Robinson. That should be fun. Loser leaves town match. No David Montgomery to take Jameer's uh, snaps, right? He's questionable. I, questionable. I don't know okay. Officially out yet. But yeah, I get to get to see who made the better draft pick there. <laughs> It's going to take one hell of a performance to swing. <laughs> Bichon's so fucking good, <laughs> man. So good. It's so wild. You got any more thoughts on Falcons-Lions? Yep, we can move on to the, uh, the the game of the week in our minds. Well, the game of the week in my mind was Chargers. <laughs> All right. Chargers-Vikes. But uh, the game we'll be watching in the 1 o'clock slate, for sure, uh, is uh, Bills at Commies. Mm-hmm. Last game happened two years ago. Uh, the Bills won decisively. Wasn't, wasn't very close, but it was also over Taylor Heineke. Yes. I'm going to say. Yeah, seems right. But that was, you know, not a great time. Now, get against uh, Swingin' Sam and Hal. Salmon? Swingin' Sam Hal. <laughs> Out there just throwing the D around. Dick. Yeah, I got you. Okay, I yeah. acc- sorry, I was distracted because I accidentally typed same Hal. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, line is Bills minus 6.5 over under 43.5. Uh, worth pointing out. 
bet the under on this one, folks. Tropical Cyclone's supposed to hit. Oh, I say I didn't know that. It's going to be a rain game. I didn't it's going to be a big time rain game. I didn't check the weather. Yeah. So I was like, hit the over, people. This is going Hitting over. Hitting overs. <laughs> yeah, you're saying <laughs> hitting unders. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about the uh, tropical storm, whatever. So. Yeah, hammer the under. This is going to be a low scoring game. Uh, if I was a gambling man, I'm checking the weather again. I'd be betting the under and I'd be betting commies plus six and a half. I don't know how this is going to w- fare, but when you're betting, when you think the, the line's going to be low, bet large spreads. Because if this game's going to end up being like 20 total points scored, six and a half points is a huge section of 20 total points. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. ESPN's app says AccuWeather has uh, 75 and sunny. Yeah, I, I, there's a tropical cyclone moving up the East Coast. Oh, is there? Yeah. So it's worth keeping an eye on. If this is ends up being you know a fair weather game, bet the over. If it's still at, um, I mean, you know, if it's still at forty three, then bet the over. Here's here's my concern, and here's the reason uh-huh. that I'm saying bet the over. Either you're gonna get Emmanuel Forbes on Stephon Diggs, who Stephon Diggs is just a hell of a talent. Like you, you don't want anyone covering him really, unless you have a top tier cornerback. Uh-huh. Or you're gonna get Emmanuel Forbes on Gabe Dave, who can just fucking bully him. I mean, Forbes is so small. Gabe Dave is so big. Mm-hmm. It's big versus small. Big win, big, big versus small. So, yeah, I'm I'm all about the under. So this game screams to me, like, I'm not trying to, like, reverse jinx or be pessimistic. Because I do think the Bills win. But it has one of those games for me as a Bills fan. Better record for commies. That is true. Undefeated. And also, currently, Sam Howell has a higher uh, offensive grade. 67 to Josh Allen, 66.4. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it... it feels like the game where some like it's a six and a half line because people are like based on recent success over the years obviously you know the bills are gonna handle the commies but for i honestly think it's gonna be like a closer game than that i have the bills barely covering the spread my final prediction is 34 27 buffalo if the weather's good i didn't write down a specific score prediction Mm -hmm. um i do think that i think washington covers i think i I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's just six and a half is a big line. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington has had their flaws, obviously. Uh, nearly losing to the Cardinals would be primary among those flaws. But they keep these games close. I mean, it's just the, the defensive line's so good. The Bills, the Bills pass blocking has gotten a lot better. I think I have that written down here somewhere. Yeah, um, I was surprised when I checked their numbers. Yeah, like the, the Bills uh, are six in pass blocking so far this year mm-hmm. uh, by PFF grade. Um, worth pointing out, though, so far, this has been Josh Allen's worst season against pressure. Yeah, it has. He's typically pretty good. So there's two arguments we made there, depending yeah. on what your priors are. Either you make the regression argument that he's not going to be bad under pressure the whole season because he's never been bad under pressure. Like, even when he was a bad quarterback, he wasn't bad under pressure. Mm-hmm. Or you can make the – maybe it's just something with the offense, something's getting to him. Maybe he's just going to be bad against pressure this year. And if there's a team that's going to get consistent pressure rushing four, which, if you don't know – the best way to beat Josh Allen is to get pressure rushing four. Oh, you don't say. Yeah, it's it's a, a little thing I picked up from grinding tape. Yeah. Um. But this is my Rosillo thing, isn't it? <laughs> this is like Rosillo always says that he, whenever a player option thing, he's like, I think he's gonna pick that up. Yeah. I've been hammering this rush four thing for so many years now. Um. <laughs> but I I think that uh, if there's a team that's gonna consistently get pressure up the middle, Jonathan Allen, De'Aaron Payne, Montez Sweat, Chase Young. It's a team that could rush for and get pressure. So I did. I wrote down here that 
probably like the most interesting matchup for me is going to be Josh Allen against the Washington pass rush. Pass rush. Pass rush. Pass rush. I think that's going to be very interesting to see how it worked out. Now, in defense of my Bills, a lot of their numbers are dragged down by their god-awful Jets performance. Like, a lot of their season total, like, season overall grades. Yeah, it was such a bad game for them. It was such a terrible game for them. They're being dragged down. Like, they're still... I forgot where they rank overall in the NFL, but it wouldn't be as high as you would think for a team that put up 38 points last week. Um, yeah. I also... A big thing to watch out for for Buffalo is, yeah... The Raiders game, we started running away with it. So they like, yeah, I know like Jacobs had like minus two yards on nine carries, but that game got out of hand. Brees Hall put up 127 yards on us week one. Brian Robinson is hot right now. Yeah. That's probably the weapon I'm most worried about is what Brian Robinson could possibly do with us because he's got enough size. Um, we're still a poor tackling team as like been complaining about all year, <laughs> like all last year and now. We're still a poor tackling team. So that could be a problem. Yeah, I... I think Brian Robinson probably is going to have a good game just because I'm starting to think that Brian Robinson might be a top 10 running back in the league. I mean, he's so unique. Mm -hmm. He's just big. He's big and he moves. It's just a good combination. Them Bama boys. Them Bama boys, man. Built different. Mm -hmm. And I I think Antonio Gibson's going to start getting more love. It's just like, I can't believe they're not running two back sets more often. Mm -hmm. They just have such two such good backs. What? Such what? (laughs) Just have two good backs. <laughs> I'm actually we were watching football this weekend. That's something I'm going to try to make more of a note to watch is how many teams actually do use a good amount of two back sets because I don't feel like I see a lot of it. Yeah, it depends from team to team. You know who yeah. loves it cool. is that fucker in Atlanta. Arthur oh yeah, Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Arthur Smith likes some two back sets. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. I so since we're going through concerns here, uh, I already said Forbes against Gabe Dave. I think that just it, like you, we can't play. Forbes man against Gabe Dave like it you know he can keep up with him but at off the line and at the catch point Gabe Dave's just gonna bully the fuck out of that tiny tiny man mm-hmm. I mean he's basically like if he tur- if, I mean, if Forbes turns sideways you can't see him and Gabe Dave if he turns sideways looks about the same width I mean the guy's thick yeah and so if you have if you have Forbes press if you have Forbes playing downfield he has the length you might want to say but any 50-50 ball Gabe Dave's coming away with he just mm-hmm. has more size my other big concern is Washington's offensive line, which we can just paste that in every week this entire season. Mm-hmm. It's bad. I mean, Sam Howell's done well enough behind it. Some, sometimes he holds onto the ball too long. He kind of has that Zach Wilson problem where he just doesn't want to throw away the ball every also. He, or Josh Allen's another guy like that. Like, he just wants to make chicken salad chicken shit when it's available. Yeah, he, he plays some hero ball. Um, Bills, though? Colloquially, I didn't look up any numbers on this or anything, just from watching the games. They've been getting good pressure. They've been getting through the line, man, especially that week one game with the Jets. I mean, you know, losing sucks, but they were getting in there. They were fucking up their guts. So, yeah, I thought we were getting all up in there with their, you know, little little defense. (laughs) I did think, like, the Jets tape, like, the Jets gave me a little good getting pressure. Um, And so I did, because you've been saying that, I was like, yeah, it does kind of seem like that. So out of curiosity, I went to PFF, and they actually have a 61 pressure grade that's like average yeah it's like not that great but i mean better to, than we expected though better than we expected, with Ralph yeah. Vaughn miller there who the fuck is rushing the passer for them yeah that's true so i mean and this could be one of those games that make like if your offensive line is poor enough people could come out of it being like wow look at the bills pass rush and then, yeah and then next week it's like oh no it's just kind of blah and the bills the bills pass rush will get pressure just because of how bad the offensive line yeah. is and i think even we might have had an injury there too i'd have to look that up because i don't remember off the top of my head um you got any concerns about uh washington's secondary at all i mean it's not the greatest secondary in the nfl but 
outside of Forbes, I feel like that safety duo. Yeah. Camp Curl, Derek, uh, Derek Forrest. Mm-hmm. You have them, and then you also have, you know, just a lot of people you can throw at you that are good. St. Juice, Kendall Fuller, Forbes' first-round pick, although just yeah. so tiny. You guys did give up some deep balls to Denver last week. Name one. Well, there's two to Marvin Mims. <laughs> also the hail nearly. Hail nearly, yeah. That's a fluke. That doesn't count for anything. Um, it should be removed from all statistical factors. And while we're um, removing hail, hail Marys from statistical factors, let's get the hail Murray out of there. You well, know? I mean, DeAndre was all roided out at the time. Yeah. We later learned. So I, I He's basically the Barry Bonds of football. Absolutely. His you see how big his head was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Yo, you see, he fucking put the knife in my goddamn back last week against oh. uh, picking the Chargers. Oh yeah, he, he Hopkins had the the last mm-hmm. catch put him in field goal range. Nuke man, nuke. I don't know why they call him that, but huh? nuke, nuke. Um, so I do think in order for us to have success passing game wise, it's going to be a lot of like, all right, Josh, I need you to take what, what they give us. Diggs is an amazing route runner. We're gonna start. We're gonna try to capitalize on yards after catch. Or we're gonna to try to get the short passes and move the chains. We have to take what they give us because, because of that front four you guys have, we're just not gonna have, I think, a lot of time. So we could get in trouble if Josh decides to go hero ball and chuck it down into double coverage. Yeah, yeah, especially like if you got Cam Curl and Benjamin St. Juice, those guys yeah. are fucking ball hawks, man. Exactly. You, I could see him going deep on something, and then you get a curl or someone who comes over to assist, and shit gets bad. Um. Just want to point out another another bet to make there. If that tropical cyclone is what you think is going to hit, Josh Allen over under on passing yards is two forty eight and a half. It's pretty high. That's pretty high. Yeah, I mean that's like a hit the under as soon as you find out if about the weather's bad. Yeah, if the weather's bad. Weather's gonna be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then passing attempts wise, uh, they got Josh Allen at over thirty eight and a half is currently minus one oh eight. So people are betting the under on that, but thirty eight and a half passing attempts. Are you on a certain a certain app? FanDuel. Com. I can't. I can't bet passing attempts. And, That's because uh, you're in Illinois, brother. I know. I can't bet them. You can bet York. all the fuck you want while you're here. Let's fucking go. I'm gonna go hard. <laughs> I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to live here. I've you can get Sam Howell alt passing yards. You want to bet Sam Howell plus two twenty? No. Yeah. What, what's where are his passing attempts at? Uh, Thirty-one and a half. That's amazing. You're basically betting on what you think the yeah. offense is Game gonna call. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's what makes betting yeah. super fun here. Like that's. What, can you bet targets? Let me see. Because I wanted to do that during the Giants, uh, before the Giants-Niners game. You I bet could. receptions. Recep- yeah, you can bet receptions out there, too. Yeah, because yeah, you can get Dotson over three and a half. That seems too low. I mean, like, I know that he hasn't been getting a ton of the work, but... He had a quiet game last week, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But week one, he did. Yeah, you played good, yeah. I thought you were going to go... I'm shit in, man. Yeah, I thought you were going to say something, so I was kind of laying out. No, I think it should be a, it should be a fun game. You got any other games you want to you talk about a little bit here? Any other thoughts? None that I jotted down. Um, here, let me let me see if I bet any of these lines here real quick that I think are worth bringing up. Just from a gambling advice point of view, mm-hmm. um, Colts Ravens over under forty four and a half. I'd bet the under on that. What, what's the Jets Giants line at now? Because I have fuck. Did I bet a game that's two weeks out? Uh, How did I do that? I, I wish they would not. I wish they put like a big bright, like flashing circle around games that are <laughs> two weeks out. To avoid that from accidentally happening, um, I do that all the time. I bet games way the hell out in the future, so I get that. I get that happening to me. Broncos are six and uh, oh, Texans are eight and a half dogs. Oh fuck, man! You want to talk about a good move on my part too? I got um, Ravens at minus three and a half. Woo. All right, which one of these twelve and a halfs do you like better? Cowboys <laughs> at Cardinals or Bears at Chiefs? A little teaser, a little tease. 
Yeah, <laughs> six point T's. Get them both under a touchdown. I know. Um, the three point T's. <laughs> little three point T's. Yeah, get them under ten. Get them under ten. And then also throw in this Texans line, this Jags Texans line. Knock them down to under a touchdown. What's the over under in that game? Jags Texans. Yeah. It is forty four and a half. Forty four and a half. Yeah. I'm on, That's an over. You got to bet the over on that, dude. Yeah. CJ Stroud. We don't talk about yeah. CJ. You know what? <laughs> Every week. You know what? I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud. Getting add to the my guys article. Oh, I'm gonna. Like I'll it. do a tape breakdown on CJ Stroud coming out of the weekend. Yeah. All right. Fucking. He's been the best rookie quarterback. Yeah. Not even close. Like second place is maybe Anthony Richardson because of the running ability. If you can stay healthy, yeah. Yeah. CJ Stroud has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's just. Like pre-injury Dak back there, he's just throwing 300 yards a game, two touchdowns, no turnovers. It's like the LeBron James, like 28, eight and eight. You could just paste in 312 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers in, yeah, for CJ Stroud until proven differently. I don't know. I've I've been like last two weeks. I've like talked about how I think the Texans are frisky. This is like a big trap for me after like Jacksonville looked like shit last week for me to come in here and be like. Uh, although after talking loud shit, I do want to point out I have Jacksonville minus eight and a half bet apparently. Oh yeah. Um, I I Atlanta plus four and a half. I mean, you know, I gotta bet, gotta just keep betting. Yeah. Uh, Talent alone, more first Memorial team, the Atlanta Falcons. Texans plus three sixteen. <laughs> At least the cover I kind of like. All right, instead of talking about gambling here, Mike, yeah. you got any more notes before we get the fuck out of here? Um, I think we covered everything. I'm gonna make you buy Thai food. Um, All right. Uh, yeah. Are doing Chinese? Chinese down south. We'll have to go get that another day. Oh, okay. We can just walk and get Thai food and come back. Oh, I'll edit the po- or I'll shower, edit the podcast, and we'll go to a fucking concert. That sounds good. Can I shower too before the concert? At the same time. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't gonna say that, but I don't know. If, I don't know what your hot water situation is. So. <laughs> we, okay, we we both got to keep our eyes shut. Though. <laughs> you can go hold a hole or pull to pull, but not pull to hole. <laughs> exactly. Um, All right, that's a good place to probably end this one. Yeah, uh, getting the defensive article up here soon. Transfer portal. Yes. Um, my guy's article. Uh, next week, get another one coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, podcasts. We're doing those Friday and Monday. Uh, bonus pod coming out. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a weekend bonus pod. We're doing NHL over-unders like we did for football this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to be five over-unders and five other future bets. If you like hockey, keep an eye out. We're getting hockey stuff geared up. Similar to how we ended the playoffs last year where we had our uh, Stanley Cup playoff brought to you by I Think You Should Leave. Got another little thing coming up. Maybe we've been dropping hints all podcast. Or maybe I just watched the same show recently to try to get quotes. And that's why I keep saying quotes. For what? For what? <laughs> um, Mike, any notes before we get out of here? No, go to the website. Go to the website. It's amazing. It, and uh, yeah, you know, Zach Moss, Santana Moss's cousin. 